0: businesses be, can become irrelevant. And and the market has a way of compressing out the irrelevant businesses. People are always gonna need a place to live. And so either they're buying houses or they're renting. Yeah. And, and so really it's just becoming educated enough to be able to follow what the market's doing and respond to it.
1: Welcome to Stay Paid Real Estate Marketing. Unlock the secrets of success in the real estate world where each episode delivers valuable tips and strategies to elevate your marketing game and help you succeed in both life and business.
2: Brought to you by Reminder Media. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our take action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more.
1: We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com dot slash stay paid marketing. That's remindermedia.com slash stay paid marketing. Take action on that today.
2: Welcome to Stay Paid Real Estate Marketing. My name is Joshua Stike, along with Luke Acree, and our guests today are Mitch and Maylee Nelson. They are successful real estate investors, having completed hundreds of fix and flips while amassing a multi-million dollar rental portfolio, and have been documenting their investing career on their YouTube channel, Flippin' with Mitch and Maylee. Maylee is a real estate agent, and Mitch is a number one best-selling author, and they're both on a mission to help others create income and build wealth through investing. Mitch and Maylee, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank, Thank you. you. Happy to
2: be here. Yeah, we are
1: excited. I'm excited to have you guys here because I was sharing before we got on. I do some real estate investing. We do some uh, fix and flips and rentals and so, nothing near what you guys have done. Uh, but I'm interested to dive into the topic. I really want to start off just asking you right out of the gate. It seems like everybody and their mother is getting yeah. into real estate investing. I think it's because of HGTV and, and everybody's here. thinking, oh, passive income. Subculture, man. Yeah, correct. And so do you think it's actually a wise thing for the majority of people to get into? Is it really passive? Like can you break down for us why you guys got into it and why you believe in the fix and flipping and are educating people on it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know that the the passive thing (laughs) <laughs> that's tough, right? Because, <laughs> look, look, you buy a rental, you put a tenant in it, uh, they're going to beat the place up. They're going to be calling you at 2 a.m. at some point because their kid flushed a G.I. Joe down the toilet. You know, I mean, I feel like that's
1: happened to you before, the G.I. Joe <laughs> yeah. in the toilet. I don't, I don't know. I'm just feeling um, that. That's such a specific <laughs> example. <yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if it was 1975, it'd be a G.I. Joe. Yeah, I think it, these it, things they flush their iPad down the toilet yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, uh, Look, you're you're with with real estate investing. Um, here's the key, and here's how Meili and I do it. We're, we're at a time in our lives where we are we're growing, right? We're acquiring assets, we're building our portfolio. You can get it to a point where it's it's mostly passive. Um, I'll tell you, fix and flip that's not a passive thing. You're not going to be uh, you're, that's not mailbox money, right? You're involved. Um, but as the reason Meili and I do fix and flips is because we want to generate capital to be able to go out and, and buy rental portfolios for our retirement. Um, you know, and, and build that portfolio. Uh, and so, as as we get towards retirement, we're going to start, you know, pulling back a little bit, putting property managers in place, paying off debt, paying off mortgages, and then I think it will get to a point where where eventually it's it's kind of passive. But if you really want to build wealth in real estate, um, you know, expect to to have your hands in it a little bit. You're going to get dirty. Yeah, and I that's think okay. I think that's that's well
1: said. Nothing truly in life that you want to do well or at a high level is going to be passive. You got to be almost obsessed over it and and be all in. Um, I really feel like the real estate industry, maybe now they're catching up, but I really feel there's been a huge hole with residential real estate agents, particularly. They don't have a retirement plan. They have no way out of the business. And real estate, unfortunately, is not like most businesses. There's not a value that you're going to sell your book of business for, you know, 3X, your EBITDA, or whatever. I, There's some transition that happens in real estate, but not it's not common. And so I yeah. feel like the rental game is really, like, for real estate agents, like, that is what their retirement should be. Like, that's really what they should be building towards. Can you walk us through maybe some of the basics of where someone should start if they're in real estate and how they can get into this game, especially if they have no money? Because that's most people's objection is they have no money. Right. So walk us through your thoughts on that. And
3: that's kind of the key, like as a real estate agent myself too, right? Like I could totally testify this, but it's so often actually almost every agent I meet and I meet hundreds of agents time after time after time, it's, Oh, I got a real estate, got my real estate license, so that I can start real estate investing. Like I hear that all the time, right? And then, unfortunately, they're as we talk to them, they're no more closer to being an investor than they were when they got their license. And part of it is because to get your license, you don't learn one thing about investing, right? Mm. <laughs> like you don't learn anything about it. Uh, there's no education around it. It's and then once you go to most brokerages, unfortunately, they're kind of like whoa, 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 stay out of the investment world. Be an agent, hmm. be a traditional yeah, agent. Yeah, because they want right? yeah they
1: want you to sell houses so they can make their right. money. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. makes <laughs> sense. Like, yeah.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't do your investing weird thing, right? Like yeah. wholesaling is illegal in most states as an agent, and you know all that kind of stuff. And so. It it does cause this kind of pushback between, you know, investor versus agent kind of feeling. So my advice would be to a couple things. I have three advices. One would be stop caring what your broker says about that. Sorry, you are first. You have to do what's best for your family. There is only one retirement for you, which is probably real estate, right? Like that's, that is your end game. It should be. And all deals that come across your desk, you should be very, very selfish with. Decide if it's a good investment for yourself. If it's not, pass it on, list it, right? Whatever it is. Um, team up with someone that can li- be a wholesaler and be like, oh, well, I don't want this property, but this is a good property. Maybe it's a pre foreclosure. Maybe it's a probate are They don't want it on the open market because they don't want a bunch of people in the house looking at grandma's collectibles. And they just feel very insecure about maybe how much crap is stacked in the home. You know, those are great homes for investors. Run your numbers. If they don't make sense, then put it on the, don't put an open market. You could potentially make 50, $60,000 on a wholesale deal, but you can't Change. do it. Make someone else that, you know, that you know, do it, right? <laughs> make Josh do it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but right. I mean, that would make perfect sense. Um, so there's a good amount of capital that, that you can make there. Uh, and the other thing is you're right. You don't have to have any money to get started. In fact, my first real estate transaction I ever did I found somebody who had credit, had a credit card, and they bought all the furniture for my short-term rental. So we paired up and did a joint venture agreement. Wow. And cash flowing, went like, $4,000 a month, like right out the gate. Yeah. Wow. You know, so I-
0: a sublease agreement, too. She didn't, she didn't yeah. buy the property. She I just buy sublease, the, property. So the place and then- well, but, but
1: so Let me the make property. sure I understand. You found someone that had a property- that you basically so in this yeah. case
3: it was um, a sublease. So I found okay, you, somewhere downtown. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Where I was able to, and it was during the holiday season. And so I didn't even have to do a first month down payment. It was just, it wasn't first and last, it was just first month's rent. And so I was able to rent out, you know, for like $1,400 wow, and they, genius. Too. so they put on their credit card for the lease uh, uh, payment and for the $10,000 in rental or in furniture. And then we had a we had a short term rental like it was so awesome, uh, and so that was my first obviously deal, and we've done thousands you know since like that. But um, I, honestly, too, like if you can figure out the um, the game of understanding people's concerns, right? Because that's what sales are. Sales in general is just solving people's problems, and so if you can solve someone's problem with maybe they're behind on their mortgage, we bought a house for a dollar.
1: That's crazy. It's sure. <laughs> like it, we
3: bought a house for a dollar and it's just understanding what's their concern. Maybe you can take over their mortgage, right? And not take over it as far as like consume their mortgage, but just start making their payments for them on time every single month to save their credit. And you would be so surprised what happens as far as like, now yeah. I get to rent this property out. Almost all of our rentals are sub two. So that, we're paying the mortgage payment. That is crazy.
1: That is amazing. So like if you're if I'm a real estate agent today, right, and I am looking at the deals that are coming across my desk and yeah. let's say I find a a deal and I need to come up with a down payment to get that property or I could go I guess the owner financing route and see if they will finance it for a very little down payment. Like what's your advice to me? Like where do I start? to try to like, I don't have 50 grand to put down or whatever it is. Right. right? I don't have the money to put down. Like, what do I do? Because everybody might be listening to this. Is there a way for them to, do they go crowdsource it? Like what's the thought process there?
2: Well,
0: here's the thing. I mean, let's be honest. Any schmuck could find a house on the MLS, put get a mortgage (laughs) on it. Right. And throw a tenant in there. Like that's not, that's not investing. Right. That's uh, it investors are creative and investors solve problems. Um, the 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 best way to be able to get a deal on a on a property is to be able to solve someone's problem because then you're bringing value to the table that's not just money
2: yeah.
0: right and so, so does that mean
1: the- sorry to cut you off does that mean really you should be looking for deals in a certain like criteria like you had mentioned like the foreclosures or you had mentioned like yeah. maybe it's like absentee owners or like in it's a dilapidated or you know run down house like that's where you would start versus the deal coming across your desk necessarily.
0: Look, we, yeah, there are. we have, we're in a, we're in an interesting kind of market right now. Right. I mean, uh, you know, mortgages are more expensive right now than, than rentals are on a monthly basis. Right. That That's weird. It is. Like I have never seen that before. Um, But, but let, let's think about what's happened, right? We got to think outside the box. If, if in 2017 2018 to 2020 right people were getting mortgages at 2.9 3.9% um i mean now that's unheard of right but but when covid hit uh all of a sudden people got this forbearance thing this option that where they didn't have to pay their mortgages right and this was this was pushed on the banks by the government it's not like the banks wanted to do this yeah and so so all of a sudden, people don't pay their mortgage for a year, year and a half. And because this was kind of something that was, that was pushed on the banks, as soon as that lifted, they're like, all right, you owe us that money. And how many people right now can't afford to come up with that $20,000, $25,000 to catch up on those back payments on their mortgages? Those are mortgages that are going into foreclosure. And if we can find those people and present them with a different option, because right now their option is the bank's going to take your house and they're going to freaking destroy your credit right? They're going to throw a foreclosure on there. It'll be 10 years before you can qualify for a mortgage again. If we can present a different option to them, look, instead of turning your house over to the bank, turn the title over to us. And what we'll do is we'll catch you up on that payment. What do you need? $20,000, 25000 Is that what you're behind? We'll write a check right now, right? Whether that's our money or, or we find a partner to come in and, and use their self-directed 401k or their HELOC or savings or whatever. Um, you know, we write that check, we send it off to the bank. Obviously this is all on a contract, right? Um, now we've caught them up on their mortgage. And the part of the deal is you leave your mortgage in place. We're gonna get the house, but what you're gonna get is credit repair. We're gonna make that We're going to make that payment on time every single month for you. And within a couple of years, you'll be able, you know, your credit will be back as long as you don't screw it up in a different way, right? Your credit will be back, you'll be able to go buy a house again. That's um, crazy, so, that's so genius. So here's, what, what's your op, what are your options? Turn your house over to the bank, Credit destroyed. Turn your house over to us.
1: Credit, credit restored. Yeah. Right. Which have one are they going to pick,
0: right? And now we have the title, the mortgage stays in their name. And because we're not using our credit, there's no limit to the number of, of properties we can do, right? So, so they so signed the
1: title over to you. So technically you own the house. Mm-hmm. You're paying their mortgage- Yes. Nope. So crazy. So how do you find nope. those deals? Like how would a normal <laughs> real estate agent no, or honest, investor a, find them?
3: On the agent side, I have five that are on my desk right now. Like people that are about to go in foreclosure, the first thing that they do is they call a real estate agent sometimes. And then sometimes they call off of like those um, ads that see on Facebook or on whatever that's like, you know, in distru- if you're in d- a distress, you know, we'll buy your house fast cash those are the two options that really people have if they're in that forbearance situation and people didn't realize this This is what's sad too. So we're in a really unique, amazing opportunity, bad and good, because it's sad that it's happening to all these people, but amazing for investors (laughs) because Mm. for the first time in so many years, I mean, really since 2008, this exists up until then, really pre foreclosures and stuff just kind of just was not there, you know? Mm. Um, But it's exciting because, For the people, unfortunately, that got put in that position, they didn't know that it was due on the front end. They thought that their payments would be due on the back end. Like they were gonna add more monthly payments or like extend the loan, the life of the loan. But that's not what happened at all. Like they're front loaded all of that and it is all due right now, which is so sad. Mm -hmm. And so it is like twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And anyway, so, so they are actually that's listed.
1: super interesting. So the government basically created a massive problem
3: yeah.
2: of letting people surprise. It literally <laughs> the government created a problem. I know. Yeah. Don't
1: get me started there. I mean, it's not a political podcast, but I might go political here. No, but the like government literally can't run anything, but yeah. the, they create this massive problem. It's a huge opportunity. So now I'm understanding it. So these foreclosures are coming. Um, because of the situation that people cannot catch up for these loans they basically pushed off or these mortgage payments they pushed off. Right. Just It's a minute detail, but I'm confused on it. How can they give you the title of their home if they have a mortgage on it? Doesn't the bank have some say? Like, that's their asset that they're banking on. Like, like how does that Work. I don't want to get too technical, but it seems yeah, like I was just going to say how technical. Very technical,
3: yeah. But you um, know what I mean. So, like
1: that feels like the bank yeah. owns the home. Not they can't sign yeah. the home over it's to not you. A car
3: though, so that's good. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, so the bank actually doesn't own the home. I mean, if you look, if you have a mortgage, look at the title. You're on title, right? The bank holds a lien position. Uh, now, in most mortgage contracts, I'd say probably every mortgage contract there's a due on sale clause. Um, now, let's let's be honest here. Banks are not in the business of owning real estate if they were they would take their billions of dollars that they have and they'd go buy real estate right they're in the business of extending loans and receiving payments yeah correct and if we if if we as the investors take a loan that's in that's not in good standing and turn that around and and put it into you know into that that good standing box that they want it to be in
1: um i mean are do there, you have are to get the bank, to, bank to sign off on the transfer of the title
0: i usually don't i usually don't even let the bank know Right? That one is of, one amazing. These, and, and you said don't get too technical, but I'm just gonna a little bit, a little technical. Um Well so this, is we this is, is we good. This is good
1: um clickbait. We can say he doesn't let the banks know. Dun I
0: mean, right? Why raise mean, why why make it more complicated for ourselves? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um so usually what we do is we turn the we 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 t- we have the seller title the house over into a property trust. Just okay. a simple trust right? Um, that's, that's named the address of the property. Okay. And then um, our contract with the uh, with, with the seller
1: is they turn the trust over to us. Okay. How many times have you guys done this?
3: Dozens and dozens. That's dozens. Amazing. And we've helped hundreds of students do this. So we, this is like what yeah. we teach.
0: Yeah. What a great hack. What we, hack. We do it for ourselves about uh, monthly.
2: Yeah. Hey, so, new and are you doing more flips or more rentals or how, how are you?
3: We kind of flipped the game. So, okay. I mean, we've done Depends over 200 fix and flips, right? But, and we currently still have a few that we're wrapping up, but realistically because of how the market shift and I love what you said, it's always a good time to buy real estate. A bad time to buy real estate. But what strategy do you use? And that's the key that, that we bump up against all the time is that most people have like one tool up their belt. You know, like they're like, hey, I up the back. I said that again. <laughs> we have a joke. I said that too often. Um What's so in their belt. Yeah. tools to, to, to <laughs> in your belt, not up your belt. That's terrible. But um so uh but that's the key is like what tool should I be using right now? Like what is the scenario that's going to solve the problem for people? And fix and flips—I mean, they're great. Don't get me wrong. And you can still find phenomenal deals, and there's still people that need your help to buy cash offers and whatnot. But realistically, that's not where the—I mean—the real money, as far as like building growth, is finding these seller financed or subject to deals. Yeah. I mean, this is this is where it's at right now because you know most of the time. If you're most agents are like, oh, well, mine might have two or three rentals, right? And that's pretty common, maybe, you know, but that's not retirement. Nobody's yeah. retiring on three rentals or two rentals. And Fatty Mae and Freddie Mac are going to hold you to, you know, maxed out at 10, right? Like that is the most amount of properties you can own in your name. No
0: mortgages. That's right. the most amount of mortgages you can have in your name. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And mm. so that's not retirement either. 10 properties, even if they were paid off, I mean, that'd be pretty amazing, but mm. <laughs> not very likely. And, uh, your lifetime, you know, unless you're. Yeah. It's really. more
1: for yeah, It's more for your kids. If you have 10. Yeah. That,
3: yeah. You know. and, and
0: here's the thing about the real estate market um, that I love. I love real estate as an investment category more than any other investment category because it's non-compressible, right? People need food, water and shelter. It's not, it's not going away. Um, and if you look at it, you know, compared to other investment categories, what happens to people who had their money tied up in Kmart stock Yeah. or Sears stock or uh, you know, Kodak, um, it, it, you know, businesses be, can become irrelevant and, and the market has a way of compressing out the irrelevant businesses. People are always going to need a place to live. And so either they're buying houses or they're renting. Yeah. And, and so really it's just becoming educated enough to be able to follow what the market's doing and respond to it. We can't control the market, um so you need to have exit strategies in place so if the market changes while you're in the middle of a deal that you don't get stuck right uh and it's important to have those before you get into a, a deal you you have to have those exit strategies in place to say okay the market turns left this is what i'm going to do if the market turns right here's what i'm going to do um but but then also to, to be able to say okay now the market did change now what's my strategy mm-hmm. and and be educated enough to, to have those multiple strategies that you can shift with it otherwise you're investing for a year or two every five or 10 years, right? (laughs) If you only have one strategy. Yeah.
2: Imagine this, you're driving around town and you see a house that you previously sold with a for sale sign in the yard featuring an agent that isn't you. There's no worse feeling than knowing you missed out on an opportunity for repeat business simply because a former client forgot your name. With Reminder Media's help, you can become unforgettable with your own branded magazine. In fact, 70% of people who receive a personally branded magazine from their agent have done repeat business with them simply because they sent them the magazine. Never lose another client again because they forgot who you were. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent to request your free sample of our branded magazine. That's ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent. Take action on this today.
1: Can I ask you like on these owner finance deals that you guys do and these like creative financing solutions, most of the time, are you having to put money down? Are you getting a really small amount down like how
2: it's so subjective.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. So there's
1: not like, I just didn't know if like, um, you're finding with owner finance, it's more of a negotiation to get the price lower. So let's say somebody wants a million dollars for their property. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Hey, I can't give you, or I can give you the million, but I have to do it for this interest rate. Right. So let's owner finance it. So you, so you give me a better interest rate or yeah. I can give you, Less, you know, eight hundred thousand for X interest. Like, do you like? Are you using it as a way to just literally leverage the the mm-hmm. convo? You don't really. It's not because you're going, hey, this solves my down payment problem. Yeah. It's really just to to work on the deal, the like to make the deal the what you want it to be. Yeah.
2: So
0: yeah, I mean, there's so many. It's so subjective to each property, but the the cool thing about seller financing, I mean. I, some deals we walk in and it's just like dude just get me out of my mortgage yeah right? just take it over mm-hmm. we walk into you know 100 dollars worth of equity we come up with a little down payment start making their payments and they're happy because they're out of their problem right mm-hmm. and then others where you know and and these tend to be the ones that aren't distressed homeowners this is why we like working with distressed homeowners is because we can solve a different problem and get a bigger win for us um mm-hmm. but uh you know there, there are cases where people are like look dude i got I got $250,000 worth of equity. How are we going to work this out to where I get my equity paid out? Right. The beautiful thing about negotiating with a homeowner is they are your bank mm-hmm. in a, in a sub two or a seller finance process. And we take a lot of things for granted with banks, right? We don't get to pick how long we amortize the loan for. They give us two options 15 or 30 years. You're right. right? Yeah. Um, We don't get to pick our down payment. They tell us how much we need to bring down, or we can bring more than that, but they tell us the minimum, right? when, when we, when, when we're working with a, with a seller directly and they're our bank, we have five things. And we use the acronym BPAID, BPAID, right? We can, uh, we can choose the balloon payment, right? How long are you going to let us do this for? You can let us do it for five years. You can let us do it for 10 years You can let us do it for 30 years. Like, you know, how long are you gonna let us do it for P is purchase price. Um, a lot of times that's all uneducated homeowners are focused on is what, what am I going to get? Well, I know your house is worth 950. You're saying you want a million for it. I'll give you your million, but you're going to amortize it. What's important to me is cash flow. This is going to be a rental for me. So um I'm going to need you to amortize that over 45 years instead of 30. So I can get the payment where I want it to be. Mm. Yeah, right. And so now my uh, I've given them their million dollars. I'm planning on holding it for 10 years. So appreciation will take care of that. Right. Um, so if I if I stretch out the amortization, now I've got the payment where I needed to be, we can negotiate the interest rate. Um, sometimes we don't even bring up interest rate and then it's zero. But if they're, if they're no, savvy enough, no way like, you've oh, gotten people
1: thing? to do zero interest rates. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah get get is You just
0: don't bring it up at all.
1: Get out. I like your payment. strategy of not bringing it up. That is the, that is the golden nugget right there. Don't bring up the it banks, don't. <laughs> don't bring it up. <laughs> That's so crazy, man. I can't believe that. That's nuts. No. That's awesome. Wow.
0: And then <laughs> the D is down payment.
1: So it makes it. That's a great acronym and a great way to, to to frame it up. Of like, this is what I control. It gives me these negotiating levers to be able to get the deal where I need it to be. Because on investing, and it makes so much sense it, to you. It doesn't really. What matters to you is the return. What matters to you is the cash flow that you're sure. getting from that asset. Mm-hmm. So, okay, if you paid fifty grand more than what someone would pay today, but you don't care if you're getting the cash flow you need, and you're going to hold the asset, right? You're you're buying and you're holding. Um, yeah. and, and, it's going to appreciate
2: three, 4% every year.
1: Yeah. So, yeah that's so, that's yeah. so good.
2: Do you guys market your business? Like, are you getting inbound leads as well? Or are you always going out oh, and looking for the deal?
3: Yeah. Luckily our business kind of took a, you know, a shift, um, about two, well, I guess in co So 2020, we started our YouTube channel, right? Flipping with Benjamin Mealy. And that really did kind of create that shift for us so that we're no longer like chasing after those leads. Um, and I mean, we really do create real estate investors. Like that is that is what our primary objective okay. is. Every single day we are working with students. We're still doing it ourselves, but realistically we've kind of, it is more of a passive scenario because we've created our brand and people are just bringing deals to us saying, hey, does this look good? Hey, does this look good? Hey, do you want to partner up with us? Because I'm terrified to do this plan myself and on my first brilliant. one.
1: brilliant, yeah, brilliant.
0: Rightfully
3: so, they're terrified. Well, let's come together and let's figure this out. And believe it or not, I mean, it doesn't have to
0: work that way. No, but a lot no, of it no, is.
3: it doesn't. Um, and, and a lot of times people like, we want to create a network, right? It's a community of people that do have, there's trillions of dollars in real estate retirement or excuse, excuse me, not real estate, but in retirement accounts. Yes. Most people don't know that you could buy a rental with your health savings account. Like that blows people's like 401k. Or 401k. Right, right. Yeah. So, and there's ways to do it where it's completely tax-free. <laughs> like, what? Man, are you wow. kidding me? Like, there totally is. So that's real growth, right? right? Like that's real retirement. If you could have, you know, 10 rentals in your uh, portfolio and it's all tax-free potentially, like, that's retirement, right? right? Or if you had a, a, re- a rental inside your health savings account, the most expensive thing that you'll ever pay for when you retire is is understanding your healthcare. Like, unfortunately that's what happens, right? Like you spend all your money going to the doctor and fixing this and fixing that. But if you had a rental that's paying you every single month, building that up, it's, you're not being taxed on it because it's growth. You don't get taxed on growth. Yeah.
0: Now now your tenants are paying your healthcare.
1: There's so much truth. Like, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on a state, uh, trust and stuff like that, and, and the like. I, I'm no expert by any means, but I've been through the trust in the state planning process a couple times, and mm-hmm. it is crazy what you can yeah. do with these trust uh, yeah. to store away value where you won't get taxed on the uh, on the growth of that value. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty nuts. Now you don't own it; that the you know the people who are going to inherit your you know trust or like. There's ways around it, but um, it, it's yeah. pretty interesting stuff. Okay, so I like. I want to understand a little bit more of the mechanics of trying to, like, here's my hardest part as an investor myself, besides not knowing nearly enough, is how do you find the deal? So I'm going to explain to you what I have someone doing right now, is I have an intern that is calling, they're looking up the multifamily, because I'm specifically looking for you know, so this might not apply to what you guys are doing. I don't know, but six units, 12 units, 24 units. You know, I I have, I would still do a single residential property, but I'm kind of trying to play in a space that's not too big that other investors are in and the other, the normal investors not going there. So I have um, these, these usually are owned by a registered agent that you don't know who the owner is. So we look up online, who's the registered agent, which is usually an attorney or something like that. I have the intern calling the attorney to try to figure out who the owner is and uh, are they interested in it selling their property and what would, you know, they want to see out of that property. We have found a decent amount of deals that way of literally this yeah. car, but it's so time consuming <laughs> and, and the mechanics of it are, are painful. But in building Reminder Media, like Josh and I know, it's like that kind of is how you build a company. Like brick by brick, most people won't pick up the phone, find the registered agent, call the attorney, find the owner. Most people won't go through those mechanics, which is why they don't get the deals. Right. Can you guys share with me kind of like any insight? I know you can't give me your secret sauce maybe, but any insight of like how do I find these type of deals that you guys are doing? Like foreclosures, obviously, we could, I guess, yeah. call upon those. What's your mechanics of trying well, to find deals?
0: It's gonna look different in multifamily than it is in, in single family residential, right? So um, like multifamilies, I mean, I I would go back to that be paid, you know, and, and the, the levers that we talked about. Um, most people are looking at purchase price. So if you wanna capture more of those, because one of the biggest problems I bet you're finding, same for us, is you're not getting people's attention, correct? Right? Yeah. Very few are actually like, yeah, I'm interested in selling the stuff. Yeah. Right? Correct. Um, most of them are, hey, don't waste my time. I'm happy. Um, but if you throw out a purchase price that you know is higher than what it's worth, even just by even if, you know fifty grand higher, hundred grand higher, right? On a big on a big property where you know appreciation will make up for it over the next five or so years, um, you can use those. You, you get their attention. Like they know their property's worth, you know, That's two million. Great and You say, yeah. Hey, I'll oh, give you 2.24. And yeah. they're like, Wait, what? You know, uh, it's going to catch their attention. Now you can have a conversation. Right. And the beautiful thing about larger multifamily, you know, the commercial multifamily uh, sector is pretty much all the owners are investors. They get it and they understand seller financing already. And, and so you can have a more open dialogue. Whereas, you know, with the single family stuff, with the residential stuff, you know, one to four units. Uh homeowners don't understand what what, uh what seller financing is. And if you throw it at them by you know, by using those words, seller financing, they're gonna be like, whoa, yeah, I don't know what this witchcraft is. I'm not interested in you know in in what you're selling here. Um so you, you you have to really educate them, right? You have to approach it kind of through the back door, like, hey, I could probably give you a little more if you just let me buy it over time and make you payments monthly. I'd even give you, you know to bring it up. I'd even give you an interest rate. You know, you, you'd basically be my bank and you'd make more money. Look what's we'll it in the calculator. Look how much more money you'd make. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So you have to kind of ease them into it. Okay. Um, but, but as far as finding the deals, I think you're doing it right for the multifamily stuff. Yeah. Um, that's just the game. You just, it's a grind. It's just you know, pounding
1: it the paper. Do you find the same in residential? Cause we bought a lot of residential, but, yeah. like, like, I guess I subscribed to, to, I don't know if it was Grant Cardone or Ryan Pineda or one of these people right out there that is, like, the amount of work you do for one residential, you could buy 12 units for the same amount of work. <laughs> That's um, true. right yeah. it, so Right? So, um, but um, do you find, is it pounding the pavement for the residential, too? Like, one of the ways we found deals... And I'm just trying to verify this. Is, guys, I'm getting my own consulting yeah. here. You're listening to I consulting happening. For the, <laughs> like we would buy absentee owner list and we would call the absentee owners and basically the same concept we're doing for multifamily, we would do on absentee owner list. Have you ever done that? Like, have you guys tried yeah. generating deals that way?
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that um, one of my early mentors told me that it is absolutely true is everything works and nothing doesn't. The mm. only thing that's not going to work is you not doing anything, right? And analysis paralysis kind of causes people to be like, there's so many ways to go out and like, hey, what do I do? And then they get paralyzed and they're like, they're, you know. Take action,
1: people. Come on. right? Take, <laughs> Take action. action. <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the with, with residential, with single family, the best way that we've found is to find sellers that are in distress. Yeah. Uh, and there are free ways to do that. I mean, the first thing a bank has to do when they're going to start the foreclosure process is they have to file a notice of default. They have to present it to the to the borrower and they have to file it with the county Ooh. that the property is in. County records are public records
2: Ooh, when yeah. someone
1: files divorce. Are there any data companies record. that you can buy that from like that whole count. list? I know you can go to, county, but- go to the county, but the county for free. But will they give you, is it a manual, like one by one process? Like, can I buy a list for a hundred bucks? It depends on the county. Okay. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Some counties have it
0: online, right? Some counties you got to go in and like, you know, open their filing cabinets. You can tell I'm
1: getting lazy. I'm like, can I, can I buy it? Can I buy it? (laughs) (laughs) Where do I put my credit card? Can I just buy the (laughs) list of a thousand? No. Uh, Okay. So I love that. So you can go find those at the county level, the the filing for default, I guess. Is that the technical term for it or? Yep. Notice of default. A notice yeah. of default. Okay, perfect.
3: But your title company can too. So like just build a really good relationship with your title company. They'll just send you. I mean, I get an email at least once a week of 450. That's a great of
1: hack. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Okay.
3: 450 notice of defaults right now that I'm getting every week from my title company. Like,
1: So this is awesome because if you're a residential real estate agent right now and you're thinking, I don't want to invest and you're still with us on the podcast. We just interviewed my brother who does residential real estate. And the hardest thing right now is finding inventory finding listings for your people. And it's like, you probably have a ton of investors out there that are also hitting you up. It seems like, you know, like I said, everybody and their mother wants to be an investor. So there are a lot of people looking for deals. If you just grind it out and call all those notice defaults to try to work out deals with those people, you can bring them to your investor clients. And in this market right now to make it through, people are saying, hang on until 2027 is what they're saying. That's what the word on the street is. I don't. Buy into all that hype. But I'm just saying, if you just make it through this, holding on, get servicing investors, people who have to move in this time, that's an amazing opportunity to generate inventory. My brother's team is literally just circle prospecting, trying to generate inventory. Hey, Josh, you know, we're calling. Have you ever been interested in selling your home? What, what, What would the price be? Like, he's just trying to generate inventory. This is a great idea because it's people that are in distress.
3: Yeah. And then the cool part too is um, you can serve the masses, right? So maybe the deal doesn't work for you and keep this in mind. This is a huge like takeaway. Maybe the deal doesn't work for you. Maybe the numbers are not what you're looking for. Be very like you can have your box, right? Know your numbers, but it doesn't mean that there's not hundreds of other people that don't want that deal cuz like for us we don't do any of the work ourselves right so we're outsourcing everything so it's ex- it, our numbers are more expensive everything that we do is going to be more expensive our marketing's more expensive our right everything is you guys are like but me you guy- just want to
1: buy the default notice list see i knew i was on a something you guys just want to yeah, buy it yeah. too
3: <laughs> But maybe that person who is, you know, they're going to move into it. They're the fixer upper person. They're the one that's going to, you know, doing that. That doesn't mean, so that's a good deal for that person because they're not having labor costs. They're doing it themselves, right? They're not having to do all the stuff that we do uh, on a company level. So it's going to be, you know, $50,000 cheaper. That's a good deal for them then, right? Mm -hmm. So just because it doesn't work for you doesn't mean that the masses don't need to still see that property. Put it on a contract let's come up with a strategy that works for everyone and i do say that if you book a call with us like you go to our flipping dot education and you actually go through the the process of figuring that out and you book a private call with us we will give you that seller finance calculator because that go. changed the game for me that seller finance calculator that mitch was talking okay. about where you can push all five levers <gasps>
1: yeah i need it i need to get that
3: <laughs> yeah in the middle of like looking at deals, and you're just quickly right. You're just looking at stuff. If you can, you know, tweak those five things, and if one of them works, and you push that lever. It's like, oh, got the payment I need. Bam, make the offer. Right, just get that get that payment where you need it. Make the offer.
1: That's so and you good. You can do
3: that on any deal.
1: You're saying that it it basically from a mindset perspective. You know, Tony Robbins talks all the time about limiting beliefs. Like yes. I think that is one of the biggest struggles for people when it comes to investing the limiting belief of can I do this is it too risky the limiting belief that the homeowner will actually finance it for you because mm-hmm. even in my mind where I'm at in life I go man will people actually own or finance and we've done, I've done it a couple times but it still shocks me that people do it like the fact that you got somebody to not do interest on your on the it's crazy to me but You're right. It's like, you don't have what you don't ask for. Mm. And it's like, it's your limiting belief that you're personifying on everybody else. Stop doing that. If you believe it, then, you know, then somebody will probably do it. You just got to bang enough doors down. And, uh, and then, then the market will tell you if it's worth the effort. So you might as well yep. try. Then it will tell you how hard it was. The market will respond to you and go, yeah, you were able to do it, but it took you a thousand doors to do it. That's probably not time effective there. So maybe make the offer a little better, you know, type idea. So I, I love it. So tell me about your course a little bit. Like how one, how can I find it? How can people listening to find it? And then what does that look like? Because I know you guys are, said you're doing a lot of coaching these days. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're doing a lot of coaching a lot of educating um so so just simply go to flippin.education um that's going to be a spot where you can book a call with me or Maley. uh and we answer the phones it's us directly it's a zoom call once you book that call it'll prompt you to watch a one- hour video that's gonna kind of prep you for that call as you can tell like we' we run a very technical you know like like we get very into the strategy with this real estate stuff. So you're gonna to wanna to watch that video before you go to the call so you can keep up with the conversation. Yeah. Um but, but with that said, um, you know, we're, we're I mean, we train on everything from fix and flips to rentals to, you know, right now, what's really big is this sub two and seller finance strategy. We, we train on multifamilies and commercial real estate. I mean, wholesaling, like we talked about, you have to have a strategy for every market condition. And so it's important for us to equip our students with, you know, all the different strategies that they can go out and do. Love um that. and
3: so i would say too everybody's not the same some strategies really work and resonate with certain people and then we you know start diving into stuff and they're like whoa like short-term rental sounds absolutely horrible for me okay cool yeah don't yeah, do that do don't do that right yeah. and and it, that's the key is like watching and really understanding who you are and what resonates with you and your end-term goals because that's what matters like where are you where do you want to be in five years where do you want to be in 10 years
2: mm, love it yeah. great advice
0: as you know it's it, it, it's uh, real estate investing is hard enough, right? It's a grind. Like if you're going to get into this and you want to build wealth, it's something that you're going to have to work at and grind at. Um, so you might as well pick a strategy that you actually enjoy doing. See <laughs> well a little bit of you know, a little bit of pleasure out of it. Yeah. That's, uh, well, well said.
2: Awesome. So flipping dot education is the site for your course. Uh, before we close out, Mali and Mitch, let people know how they can connect with you.
3: Yes, you can go to our Instagram account, which is just um, Mitch and Mailey, and you can go to our Facebook account, you can go to YouTube, which is obviously follow along. We give a ton of amazing advice, like similar stuff that we've done today, but we do go into a lot of detail on our YouTube channel, so that's just flipping with Mitch and Mailey. And, of course,
0: our website, which will take you to all those places, which is MitchandMailey.com
2: cool awesome. and thank you all so much for listening all of those links uh that were mentioned you can get in one spot in the show notes over at staypaidpodcast.com and while you're there you can get the video of this episode if you enjoy this episode i want to show your support head on over to apple podcast drop us a five-star review we will read it here on the show and the best way to show your support is simply to share this episode with someone that you know if you want to get a hold of me or luke you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. and of course you can follow us on social media we are at stay paid podcast for this episode of stay paid i'm joshua steik guys some Luke Acre. guys, that was awesome. If you're
1: in real estate, like I feel like, maybe you're sitting here and you just need that little. Uh, kick you're ready in to the run butt. through a wall right now, aren't you? Well, I'm just like <laughs> I just think it's you. You have such an go. advantage yeah. as a real estate agent. You have such an advantage. You know the market. You you know the process of buying and selling homes. Like you're there. Like it's such a massive opportunity and keep in mind like you don't have a retirement plan for real estate. And so this is an incredible opportunity. My action item though for you whether you want to invest or not, which I think you should invest. But whether you want to invest or not is that whole idea of going and finding these distressed sellers is brilliant for this market you have a low inventory market right now you need to find inventory mm-hmm. this could be a way for you to do it it can be a way for you to find a deal going to the county and finding that notice of default i mean i know i'm going to call my brother after this and say hey have you ever done this get on the county's website see how many there are let's get the intern to call them and just call them see what you get see how many homes come out of it that's the action i'm taking an hour two hours this week do that the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every business Top producers take action. Take action on that today.